Welcome to the Westminster Chapel podcast. For more information and to support our mission to London and beyond, please visit westminsterchapel.org.uk. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 8. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Thank you. Thank you so much. And good morning and welcome once again to church. Uh, as Howard said, my name is Shagan. I've known Howard for a while. Uh, it's a good friend, and I love Westminster Chapel. I just love the way you worship and praise God, and I think that this is an amazing center in London where the love of God will shine through to the, the rest of the community. I'm so glad to be here this morning. Um, I've got a son, uh, is um, 20 now, and he's in Bristol studying history. My daughter is 17. She's helping with um, our software program called Proclaim in church this morning, so uh, they can be with you. But I've got my lovely wife, Linda, with me here this morning. Um, as we read in that passage in Matthew, um, we're going to talk about prayer today. And all of you would have had something about prayer. And there are all kinds of prayer. I, I discovered a new type of prayer during lockdown, and it's coffee prayer, where you're online and you're in your pajamas, and um, and there's prayer meeting going on, and you can just go off and make some coffee. Uh, and in the midst of that as well, you can uh, you can check a few emails, maybe send a couple of texts. Uh, there is that freedom uh, to do that. There are other kinds of prayers where you gather together. Uh, in a church, and there's no space for coffee at that time. You're all praying. Um, there are other times when you're on your own, you're just praying to your Father. There are different types of prayer. But the prayer that we read about here is another type of prayer that I think we need to learn a lot from uh, that Jesus taught his disciples. And that scripture said, when you pray, and he said it three times, not if you pray, but when you pray. There is an expectation to pray. God expects us to come to him in prayer, to find time to talk to him, to have a relationship with him. He loves you so much that he wants you to talk to him. My father's gone to be with the Lord about five years ago, but I have a good relationship with my father. And there are times when we would talk over dinner, 
Other times when we're playing games and we'll have a chat. Other times we're talking when other people are around and he's talking to me, but other people are around. But there are other times when he would call me to a corner and say, I want to have a chat with you. And I think that's the type of prayer that we're reading about here. Not the one where you're busy with other things and you can just say a quick prayer on your way to work or a quick prayer uh, when perhaps you, uh, you want to have a meal to, together or something is bothering your mind and you just send a quick prayer to Lord, God help me with this, can my spirit help me with this assignment I have gotten. There are times when you just close the door go into your room and talk to your father. And it's that type of prayer that I think God is encouraging us to have. The revolution that Howard talked about in prayer where we are one-on-one -on -one with our father. The iPhone is off. You've closed the door to any form of endurance that may be in your way and you want to do business with your father. You want to have a conversation with him. This is the type of prayer Jesus is used to. Oftentimes the Bible will say he will go all night talking to his father. The type of prayer that Moses had on the mountain 40 days 40 days, imagine that, talking to his father. Do you want to pray that kind of prayer? Where you're just alone with God, having a conversation. You know that prayer is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. You're talking and God is talking and you're hearing him. This is the kind of prayer. Those who pray for others to see them, have their rewards. That's what the Bible says. We don't pray so others see us. We pray to our Father. Prayer is a business between you and your Father. Those who pray using many, many words as if God does not hear them, it's not the right prayer that God has encouraged us to pray. He says, they do, they do not keep, they keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be hard because of their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And I'm going to make that point later on. If the father knows what we need before we ask him, why do we spend a lot of time in our prayer repeating what we need to him? There is a prayer when God is speaking and you're hearing. That's a powerful place to be in prayer. And I've got a few testimonies to share about that. But before I do that, I just want to say this passage of scripture is also in Luke 11. And it was where the disciples of Jesus were asking Jesus this question. Teach us to pray. And then he did two things. He gave them a structure of prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, you know that prayer. And then he taught.
taught them to pray. The question wasn't teach us how to pray, because if it, if it was teach us how to pray, then Jesus would just give them the structure. But he did more than that. He actually told them how to pray. He told them, he did something to them that will make them pray. So when they say, teach us to pray, they're saying, do something to us that will help us always pray. Tell us what we need to know that will spur up this revolution of prayer inside of us. And do you know what Jesus said in Luke 11? He said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. At the very end, verse 13, he told them what to ask for. Do you know what it was? It was the Holy Spirit. Ask the Father for the Holy Spirit. Teach us to pray. And Jesus said, ask and seek the Holy Spirit. None of us can pray without the help of the Spirit. I cannot pray without the help of the Spirit. Amen? Let's share the grace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. I'm not closing the service yet. <laughs> but some of you thought I was because we're used to saying the grace at the end of a meeting. The point is sometimes we read scriptures and we lose the meaning of what the scripture is saying. In that prayer, the grace, it says, the grace of God be with you. The love of God be with you. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes when we just get into the routine of just saying a prayer without thinking about what you're saying, you lose the essence of it. It's the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The communion with the Holy Spirit. The presence of God in a room when you've closed the door with you. The conversation you have. It's amazing. We need to seek and ask for the Holy Spirit so that we can pray. When the Spirit of God is bubbling up in us, it will help us to know what to ask God for. Prayer is like a thermometer. You can use that to gauge how the quality of your Christian life but it's not only like a thermometer, it's also like a thermostat. You gauge the temperature is low, but you can reset it and increase it. Somebody said, if you don't, if you find it hard to pray, what do you do? You pray. <laughs> if you find it hard to pray, pray. Pray to your father. So I don't know where the temperature is, if we were to check the temperature of your Christian life, your walk with God, if it's low, you're in the right place today because we can turn the thermostat up.
And who's going to help you with that? It's the Holy Spirit. Once it's inside of you, it will help you with words you cannot alter, what you do not understand, it will help you uh, to pray. C.S. Lewis said this once, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God, but it changes me. Prayer changes you, not God. I'm praying that God will create this morning a desire in your heart to be in the presence of God in prayer. I'm praying this morning for those of you who are listening online, that wherever you are, that suddenly you will feel the presence of the Holy Spirit inside your heart, turning your heart to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Let me give you a few, uh, probably three uh, things I've learned in my own life in praying. Uh, with a few of my own testimony and then I'll give some practical tips at the end and then we'll pray. The first of what I've learned is this. Prayer is a quest. It is the pursuit of God. It's not just uh, talking with God. It's not just a form of presenting your request before God. It is actually a quest for God. There is a God shaped whole in every mankind and prayer helps you to feel that. There is an emptiness in us and it is when we come to the presence of God that we're changed and transformed to be in the way that God wants us to be. That's why Jesus couldn't do much except he spent time with the Father. It's good to spend time with God's people. Jesus did that with his disciples, but oftentimes he withdraws himself. It's a lifeline for him. It's a lifeline for us. The pursuit of God to say, God, I need you. As a deer pants after the water, so my soul longs for you. The psalmist said in Psalm 42, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord that dwell in the tents of the wicked. This is David in Psalm 80 just talking about wanting to be with the Lord. Those who understand this experience want always to be with the Lord. Moses saw the Lord in the burning bush and yet he was asking please show me your glory as if that was not enough the more of him you know the more of him you want to find out the more of him he reveals to you the more your life changes Isaiah was praying in the temple courts and suddenly he saw the Lord and he saw himself because he saw the Lord. The glory of God. When you compare yourself with others, you think you're better. When Isaiah saw the glory of God, he said, is this what, where I come from? Is this the father? Is this the purity 
that I worship. Oh, I am damned, he said. Woe is me. In that place, the coal of fire touched his tongue. He was transformed. He was a prophet before that time. In the place of prayer, transformation happens even for the leading prophet of the land. In the place of prayer, our lives change. The behavior that you keep going round in circle and you've sought counsel and you've tried to shake off this habit, you've determined, you've done all you can in the place of prayer, God will transform you. Once back in uni, I had a free day and I wanted to pray. Started at about 8.30 in the morning and I kept praying on my bed. By the time I opened my eyes, it was about 4.30 p.m. This happened to me. I was on a single bed. The bed was, the mattress was soaked with sweat. In my prayer, I was praying, thanking God, worshiping, praying in the spirit. Suddenly, I saw myself with a sword in my hand, and I saw myself in a place like hell. And what was I doing? With the sword in my hand, I was just cutting the chains off, and I was doing that all the time. By the time I opened my eyes, it was past four. My bed, my mattress was soaked. I can never forget it. God took me away from my own situation into a situation where he wants me to be his weapon to help break some chains. In the place of prayer, when you persevere in that place, suddenly God can transform you to pray for others, to break chains in the life of others to do business in the, in the presence of God, to break down barriers, mountains that seem insurmountable. It is through the power of prayer, the pursuit of God, that these things happen. I can never forget that experience. So do you want to pursue God? Do you want to feel this hole inside of each and every one of us? The beauty of it is, the more you know, the more you want to know. It's too glorious to ignore. It's too wonderful to find out. As the heavens are higher above the earth, so are his ways higher. There is more in God yet to discover. And it is that person who makes time to say, I'm closing the door to the distractions. I'm coming into the presence of God that can have an encounter with the Father. The second point is this. The most important part of prayer is when God is speaking. Not when you are. The most important part of prayer is when God is speaking. Sometimes some of you may say, well, I don't even know how God speaks to me. Well, join the club. I was, I was once in that place, and there is always a start. 
there is always a start. This is not just a, um, a sprint, it's a marathon. It's something that we all grow in. Samuel, who was a prophet of God in First Samuel, we were introduced to Samuel in chapter 3. He didn't even know when God calls him. Didn't understand. God called him the first time, he ran to Eli. God called him the second time, he ran to Eli. The third time, the same. And then suddenly Eli re realized that God was calling him. And he said, next time, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is hearing. By the time we get to chapter 9, he has grown so much in his prayer life, such that the day before, God said to him, hey, Samuel, tomorrow, about this time, I'm going to show you a guy, and that guy is going to be the next, the first king of Israel. Anoint him, and he will be king. And then that Samuel forgot about it, went about his day, and then on that day, and God said, hey, Samuel, do you know that guy I told you about yesterday? That's him. That's the level he got to from not knowing how to hear God to being in conversation with God. Even whilst he's just going about his own business, God speaking to him. I've experienced that in my life. God speaking to me. I'm not initiating the conversation he is. That's the most powerful part of prayer. When God is speaking, when God is saying, this is what I want you uh, to do. It's amazing. Uh, once um, we wanted to recruit somebody in church, we had the interview. Uh, this was about four years ago. We had the interview on a Friday. There were two, three candidates, and we said to all of them, go back home. On Monday, we will get back to you. And then, as you do, the panel sat together, and we decided this is the person that we're going to appoint. But we're not telling them until Monday. But this person that we wanted to appoint, member of the church, was into a role in the church, and they started calling everybody up and saying, why won't you tell me if I got the job? We'd already told them that it was going to be Monday. And news got to me by four. They've called about uh, all of the people on the panel, and they were really getting agitated. One of the conversations went on for about 30 minutes. Just couldn't understand why they wouldn't we just put me out of my misery. Let me know what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. And when the, when the news got to me, I... <laughs> I, I, I was really troubled in my heart and I just felt something in my heart. This is what you have coming for the rest of the period that this person is going to be a staff. <laughs> and then I went home and I started praying. And all night on Saturday night to Sunday, I couldn't sleep, just turning in my bed. You know when something's in your mind and you're just turning in your bed, and you're just praying and praying. And I, I was really carrying a burden. The burden I carried was this. I wanted to change the decision. But there were three of us on the panel. And my concern was, how will I tell those people that this is what I want to do? And then I had God speak to me. And he said, the burden you carry is not my burden. Because my burden is light. My yoke is easy. 
is, does this feel easy? It's like, no, God, surely it doesn't. <laughs> it's not easy. And he said, it's because you're carrying it. If it's my yoke, it will be easy. That was around 6, 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. So I said, okay, yeah, God, you have spoken to me. And then I felt a weight lifted off of my shoulders. And then my thoughts turned to, well, he's God. If he's spoken to me, he's capable of speaking the same to those two other people. If it is his will, he will do that. If it's not, then I don't have anything to worry. He will give me grace if this person turns out to be very difficult to work with. I got to church the next morning. The two guys also had a visitation from God. We had 15 minutes and we agreed we're not employing that person. But it had cost me sleepless nights. Because in my prayer, I was interested in what I have to say, not what he has to say. When God speaks, that's where the power is. Why did you think it took Moses 40 days on the mountain? It was because all the time God was speaking, giving him a blueprint for how the temple, the tabernacle will be. It wasn't Moses talking all the time. The powerful part of prayer is when God is speaking. What is he saying to you? you have the, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, it will help you understand what he's saying. Translate for yourself what is saying. Your life will be completely transformed. Learn to listen for what God is saying. Samuel did that. And I believe that God wants to raise new Samuels even from those who are sitting here today. I believe that there is a new, Howard was asking for leaders training. If you're one of those who are saying, well, I'm not a leader and Maybe God wants to do something with you today. Maybe you think you're not, but God thinks you are. Maybe God will raise you up to be a man or a woman after his heart. Let me move on. The third thing I've learned in prayer is this. The best thing to pray is his will. The best thing to pray is his will. In Ephesians, that you've been reading in chapter 1, it talked about God walking in, I think it's verse 9, it talked about God walking according to his will. It is his will that he's interested in. Some of us think that God is there to do what we want. And our prayer life and our prayer consciousness is shaped in that way. So the reason I pray is that I have requests and God has to make that request. That's the understanding. That's part of prayer, but that's not the essence of prayer. God does not walk to your will. He doesn't walk to my will. He walks to his will. That's why Jesus in Gethsemane said, not my will, but let your will be done. The thing is, if Jesus were to limit himself to his will, what he wants, he probably would say, okay, if that's it, I don't want to go to the cross. I'll have a few folks around me, my disciples, do a few cool miracles. People getting healed, 
you know, blind seeing, all this wonderful thing, Lazarus being raised from the dead, amazing. But don't go to the cross. See how small that is. See how limited that is. But when he said, not my will, but your will be done, he went to the cross, painful though it was. Now Jesus doesn't just have a few handful of disciples. There are over three billion of us on the face of the earth and growing. When you get caught up in this will of God, it's more glorious, more marvelous what God will do with your life, my life, your life. Amazing. When God caught hold of Terry Virgo and turned his life around, his vision changed from just being what he wants to do, but seeing a global family. Now we have New Frontiers, a global family of God. Guy, the same thing, and we have commission growing. Howard, the same thing. I don't know what your plans were before God cornered you and said, this is what, what I want you to do. Westminster. Westminster Chapel, stay in the will of God. It's bigger and better. It's glorious. And in that, your life will be fulfilled. Recently, I left my job just around the corner working for the Care Quality Commission. Um, Buckingham, uh, what's it? BPR, uh, Buckingham Palace Road. Uh, I've forgotten that four years ago. Um, just down the road there. And... Um, but before that happened, talking about the will of God, I've always wanted to say, look, if God, you call me today, I'm going to lay down my job. This was not on the horizon at all. Then it was um, time for my daughter to get into secondary school. And she didn't get into the secondary school that we wanted her to get into. And we were really worried about that, and in the end, all of the second choices, she didn't get into any of them. My, my wife was more worried than I was, and um, we basically said, well, God, what are you doing? In the end, we thought, okay, we're going to take out um, some money on the, on the property and invest in another property, uh, buy, to, buy to let, and Proceeds from that, we're going to use that to pay for private uh, secondary school for my, for my daughter. All of this was happening in the background, so we were planning to, to do this. And um, in the end, um, after we secured this buy-to-let property, my daughter was just suddenly admitted to that same school that we wanted her to go to. So we didn't need the money for private secondary school. And then I was wondering, so God, why did you do this? Why, why, why is all of this? It was about six months later that the call came that I leave my job. I had about 40, 45% pay cut to leave my job to come and pastor in Epsom. And the little income that we're getting from that buy to let now was augmenting the little that um, I wasn't getting from the church. What's the connection between secondary school, buy to let, 
and being in a pastor's role, God. I didn't see the connection at the time. This is hindsight looking. Oh, this is what he was doing. When you're in his will, you don't, want, you don't have to worry about how he will take care of you. He will take care of you. He will take care of you. He took care of me. The best thing to pray is not insist, this is what I want. And this is why I want it. Because our vision is narrow. You don't see far. God sees far beyond. And he can do great and mighty things. So start praying God's will from today. Five practical tips I want to give you when you pray. If you haven't done that before, if you don't have this, schedule a time every day to pray. Schedule it. What did that place we read in Matthew say? Close the door. Go into your room. Be with God. Second point is this. Have your Bible with you. From the time I've, I think I can remember from six in my father's house, every morning back in Lagos, Nigeria, we were in the presence of God in our living room without fail every single morning. Praying, reading the Bible. I turned, up, I turned out okay. <laughs> and that, I'm teaching my children now to pray. Find time in the presence of God to pray. Have your Bible with you. Read the Bible. The Word of God. God reveals himself in the Word of God. Pray, read the Bible, and God will speak to you in that moment. Keep it simple and be yourself. Don't, I, have you been in prayer meetings before when somebody really can pray eloquently and you just wish you could pray like them? And they throw out this fancy phrases like the rose of Sharon. Father, we bless you. You are the, you're the God that can overcome mountains and you, know, you can do this. And the other day I had somebody say, God, Father, just put the DNA of Jesus in their, in their blood. And I said, where did they get that from? It's not in the Bible. Fancy sounding wonderful. Some of them are really good and you're really impressed. Sometimes you're intimidated. Keep it simple. It's a conversation within you, with you and your father. You may not know how to start. Just say, Father, I come to you. Just be yourself. I can't teach you to be yourself. Be yourself. Turn God's word into prayer. When you read the scriptures, you turn it into prayer. Um, let me give you Ephesians example. Ephesians example. It says in verse 11, Ephesians 1, In him we were also chosen, having been predestinated according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his pleasure. I read that and I say, in him we were also chosen. Thank you, God, for choosing me. You've chosen me. Thank you. You bless him for that. I haven't been predestinated according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. We've been predestinated 
and God is walking. It's not my will is walking. He's walking to his will. Lord, thank you. Help me to understand that. Because sometimes I just insist on my own way. Lord, help me to understand that. That's turning the word into prayer. You're praying those things in, that it will be a reality for you. Amen. And lastly, expect God to speak. Just listen out. Keep it simple and he will speak. Amen. Does that help? Can we ask for the Holy Spirit? Are you ready to pray? Do you want God to teach you to pray? At home right now, put your coffees aside. Let's pray. Let's seek the Holy Spirit. If you're able to, just rise with me and let's pray. Just ask the Holy Spirit to come. Ask the Holy Spirit to come. Even now, even you will receive the Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, sweet Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Come, sweet Spirit, we pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own special Spirit, we need you. Come, sweet Spirit, we pray. Come in your strength and your power. Ask the Holy Spirit to come. Father, come in our hearts. Help us to pray. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, Father. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts 
long for to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Come, Lord, your presence, Lord. And let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of even now lord come holy spirit do a walk in our hearts. Do a walk in our spirit. Change us, Lord. Come and feel us. Help us to have this desire to draw to you the source of life. That the hole in our hearts might be filled constantly. Lord, I pray for that person that you're raising up today, Father, to come into a new covenant with you, a new relationship, that as you come, Lord, that there will be this urge upon their heart. Thank you, God, for giving me your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the power of your Spirit upon each and every one of us. Come this morning, Father, we pray. Hallelujah. sermon audio from Westminster Chapel. If you'd like to partner with us in making disciples and sharing the gospel, please consider making a one-off or regular donation. Visit westminsterchapel.org.uk forward slash giving to find out how.